Hey, um, ask me what I thought of Borat. How good did you think Borat was? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just gonna turn this. Don't turn me down. Welcome once again aboard Beach Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. We're back. We are back. It's been a hot minute After since we've done an unannounced episode. hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> we've just been we've been busy. Oh, I've been so fucking busy. We've been busy. so busy. Yeah. Been very busy. Uh, so busy that I think that simp emoji thing wasn't a thing last time we did an episode. Uh, it was. You're just not on Twitter as much. So. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, I was doing that for the listeners. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not yeah. that jo- not gonna translate. I was right? hoping that, that was my, a joke for me. I listeners. was hoping that my <laughs> yeah, butt out, listeners. Yeah. What are you uh, doing here? <laughs> Who let you in? <laughs> I was. No, no, really, How did you come in? <laughs> really, though? How did you come in here? Yeah. Uh, 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 since we recorded an episode, we've done uh, all that Spotify yearly rap stuff came out. And oh, I, that's I right. looked at our podcast metrics, and we have like fucking a hundred downloads in Belarus. Yeah. And yep. I think something like seven or eight hundred downloads in the US. Yeah. And I honestly don't know who the fuck is accessing the US via a VPN to download our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> because there is sure as hell no one in the US listening to this. If you are in America and have ever listened to this podcast in America, please make yourself known. I feel like I was talking to someone recently who has American mates. And that like they listen and they've been trying to force all their American friends to listen to it as well. Maybe. So maybe we've got a couple of like little sleeper agents doing I, work for us. My housemate's American. Maybe she's been spreading the good maybe. word. Yeah. I know that uh, listener Mary uh, has a few kind of connections over in the States. Um, all right, I, mystery solved. Don't fucking contact us. We I figured feel, it out. <laughs> I feel we like I'm forgetting who, <laughs> who it was and I feel like this person's going to be screaming. Being like, it was me, you cunt. Don't you remember who the fuck I am? I wasn't and in Canberra honestly, for five months. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. So sorry to you. But uh yeah. Oh fuck. So uh yeah, we're back. We decided to welcome in On the that holidays. Note, sorry, tell your friends to listen. Tell oh, your yeah, friends. Oh yeah, please tell listen. your friends to listen. We, we do, think this is good. Yeah. We do uh we I always I feel like we always plug that right at the end when for some reason it feels like nobody's still listening. Oh, no one is still listening. <laughs> but yeah, it's an like, hour and a half into this shit, no one is listening. Yeah, so um yeah, that we don't really we don't like pay for putting ads up anywhere or anything. So the only way that people are going <laughs> to listen that don't know about us is if you tell them about it. And so that's the system and we're sticking to oh it. Oh yeah, go and do our work for <laughs> us. Anyway, yes, let's uh, let's kick it to let's the, kick in. the segment. All right, so this week we're doing Borat mm. and Borat 2. Had you seen Borat 1 before? No, so right. correct me if I'm wrong. We were both Borat virgins, weren't we? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, when we were 14 and also... <laughs> <laughs> like last week You know what's dead? My wife <laughs> And also Very nice <laughs> Our pop culture references I'm gonna Is that related to the thing that I said? Yeah, yeah our, like, our, like, our connection with popular culture when we were 14 was completely dead Because we hadn't seen Borat So other than my wife Oh, the I don't only think thing you made the dead culture connection So I, I just were, called us virgins You were laughing virgins. over me I called us Oh, right I called us virgins And then she said You know what else is dead? I'm like oh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're right. If, if we could, if we could redo it, I would have set it up a bit better. But okay, all right. Sure. I did the Borat no, I'm thing. Sure well, we're out of touch, sorry. which I refuse to stop doing. We're gonna get a lot more Borat impressions before mm. this episode is up because I have fucking ten years <laughs> of missing out to That's catch right, up yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. In in this week, uh, better late than never. 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> I have to call the kid I sat next to in year nine English and be like, dude, I get it now. Come on, let's talk about it. Yeah, God. Yep. How funny are mankinis? Oh, not, not yeah, very yeah. present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into it. Um, but I, was, yes. I, was, I was rock hard and ready to, <laughs> yeah, ready to go right. with the mankini. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, f- remind me to bring up being barred up later because <laughs> I was oh God, confused dude, I, about something. I, I say we shouldn't be talking this on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, listeners, if you're still here, um, we're going to jump into some news. Yeah, yeah. Jump into some of the other shit that some we've been watching. Pleasure. Yeah, and then we will move on yeah, to Borat. talking about Borat, both one and two. Which were... <clears throat> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling the lever to increase by one my very nice counter. <laughs> it has been zero minutes yeah, yeah. since the last <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh, fine. It's back to zero. Beef pulling. All right, we got a. Big old backlog of news. Yeah, let's let's uh, once again our honkin' badonka donk stacked full of news, ready to go. Uh, Chris Evans, who I'm pretty sure it's the Captain America. Yes, Captain America. Yeah, great. Chris Evans is going to be voicing Buzz Lightyear in a new pr- Pixar prequel movie called Lightyear, which is a like origin okay. story for Buzz Lightyear as if he was a real spaceman. Did they not already do that in the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command cartoon? Uh, Animated cartoon Yeah I suppose so But I suppose this is like Official canon In the fucking movies And everything Okay It's voicing the hero That originally inspired The toy Within the Toy Story universe So maybe Maybe the cartoon Is like more Toy Story toy adventures No they like Actually go to outer space And shit in the cartoon Yeah but it's within I feel like there's a level of whimsy that we're not... We're going to get no whimsy in this there's one. There's zero whimsy in this Pixar film. Which this is a gritty, <laughs> realistic... It's Aliens <laughs> Which Pixar apparently film. explains why Tim Allen isn't voicing the character. Yeah. Slash, they couldn't get Tim Allen. No, yeah. they could have got Tim Allen. And also this you... This is a credit decision. Yeah. You, um, you probably don't want him anymore, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Has he been cancelled? Yeah. Tim Allen? Yeah, well, he's also just a huge Republican shithead. So, like, if not, well, fuck you. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 uh, the origin story of the human Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based on. The toy isn't based on a human yeah, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, but within the world of the movie. So, are you telling me that in the Toy Story universe, like, the universe that Andy the Kid exists in, there is an actual space command... Filled with human fucking beings that these toys are based off. Look, is that what you just said? All the information we have is contained within two tweets by Chris Evans. So that's all we got. And the first tweet was like, I am Buzz Lightyear. And everyone was like, fucking what? And so that was his follow up. He was like, no, it's the human. And everyone's like, oh, okay, I understand. And that tweet went through 500 people's worth of (laughs) approvals before it made it on Twitter. Everyone else was happy with it. Why the fuck couldn't you get on board? Jesus Christ. Uh,. Well, I know I said this last time, but I feel like last time was a fluke where we were like, no one is asking for this shit about Toy Story 4, yeah. and then it was good. And so if it's like a full Pixar movie, well, okay, look, it's probably going to be good, but also like, God, more new shit, please. Yeah, God. Um, It did look like a different art style, though. So he's, you can't see this, listeners, but he's, so there's a Buzz Lightyear looking fuck who... It it almost looks like more a, human. It almost looked like a screenshot from uh, the Ryan Gosling uh, first man yeah. movie, it, but if it was animated. The palette he's like lit up with orange LEDs, so there's not your normal like blue and green and white. 
uniform color palette around him. He's sort yeah. of just in this like or amber, like emergency cockpit lighting. So maybe it's going to be like quite different. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how's, how's how's this for original content? Uh, Marvel is announcing a new show for Disney Plus, which is a Baby Groot spin-off show called I Am Groot. Baby Groot will be getting his own kid-friendly Disney Plus series of shorts titled I Am Groot, which will fix the problem of the MCU's lack of content for young audiences. Go on. Love to have my problems <laughs> fixed. Love to love for my kids to have their problems fixed by Disney. Reading, reading straight from good old Screen Rant here, um, it was apparently announced during a Disney investor meeting alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That's what's so fucking sickening about this, <laughs> is that it wasn't like... Someone wasn't sitting there and like excitedly you know, like had announcing to tell the story of Baby Groot. Yeah. It was like this was conceived by investor an investor meeting panel. Fuck that yeah, just revolting. It's the so, most skeptical, c- cynical fucking shit. There you go. Just uh, awful. Animated or not, this is I probably am- based on the success <laughs> of Baby Fucking Yoda in the probably yeah. Mandalorian. But it says here like uh, <laughs> um, ba- Baby Groot. Uh, first scene in the credits of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah, very good. Fuck? Love so there this. You go. There's, uh, there's Baby Groot. Um, how's this for another one? Oscar. You ever played one of those video games where you're a tiny little... Uh, like the first stage of Spore. You're like a tiny little Miba thing and you have to like just suck up other things that are swimming around you. Oh, Miba. Sounds cute. I want to see a show about that. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. eventually like... You are so large that everything fears you, but cannot help but be absorbed and by you. Swallow you swallow the whole planet, and then the and eventually and, yeah. you, you just become like you're, you're akin to a black hole, like essentially, with just no nothing. Everything is inescapable. Like how is that related to what we were just talking about? Oh, no, it's not. It's not really yeah. related. I just thought I'd bring it up from a general <laughs> vibe that I got. Sounds sick. Yeah. Um, How's this? Oscar Isaac to star as Solid Snake in Sony's Metal Gear Solid movie. <laughs> this is so funny because he plays... Uh, well, it's not actually Solid Snake, whatever, but that <laughs> that character is voiced by... Was originally voiced by David Hayter, who is not a name that most normal people no. would know, but then Kiefer Sutherland, the star of 24. Right, an actor. Yeah, an actual actor. <laughs> and then they were like... For this thing, they're like, no, he needs to look like Snake. We can't actually just get Keith Sutherland to he do it. He kind of looks like Snake. It's, he looks enough. He's just generic maybe, action man. But maybe yeah. Keith Sutherland's a bit old now. He probably is, yeah. Yeah, like Oscar, but not that, I mean, Oscar Isaac looks like he's fucking 40s. Like. Yeah, I think he actually like is close to it, but mm. um, uh, not a bad match, I guess. Uh, yeah, the, the, the script for this new movie is going to be written by a dude named Derek Connolly, who I that haven't rings heard above. of. He apparently wrote Jurassic World. You know what the main problem is going to be? Kiefer Sutherland's voice, he could do the Solid Snake voice because Snake's got a weird intonation. It's like, I've (laughs) discovered the enemy encampment. (laughs) It's weird. Oscar Isaac doesn't sound like that at all. Oh, we're fucked, bro. It's very strange. So this guy wrote uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, Jurassic World. Mm, That's where I've heard it before. Uh, Kong, Skull Island, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Hell yeah. Detective Pikachu, Star Wars Episode Nine, and the new Jurassic World movie. Yeah. (laughs) We're in safe hands, bitches. Fuck. Says here. Fuck. They're already films. I've played like 40 hours worth of Metal Gear Solid <laughs> films, okay? I'm, not, I'm sure shit not going to play Buddy, that. I don't want it to be condensed down to two hours. It's directed by Fuck. Hideo Kojima. I hope, like, I hope it's the entire 
Solid Snake storyline condensed down to like 20 hours. That would like, be. Uh, that guy's got a clone <laughs> hand and that guy's a robot. Fuck and yeah. that guy's from an old Western movie and that guy's a baby in a jar. And the and- president <laughs> is operating a giant nuclear mech. <laughs> It's that's this, also sentient. It's this fucking rapid fire fever dream that goes yeah, for like yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah, the first thirty seconds is devoted to telling you what a Metal Gear is, and most audience members like, uh, "What the fuck? <laughs> Holy fuck!" Um, she breathes through her skin. That's why she can't wear clothes, right? It, it's it's a fucking good explanation for it, and it, oh, I don't know why we focus on it so much. Fuck. Um. So. Warner Brothers have announced that for 2021, all of the movies they had slated to release in cinemas oh, yeah, will right. also be releasing simultaneously on HBO Max. Straight into your fucking dick holes. Streaming. Yeah. Uh, which Denis Villeneuve is fucking cranky about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, so Wonder which Woman is crazy because he is French Canadian. I don't think he's ever been cranky <laughs> about anything in his entire life, except Mayor Putin or something. I don't know. Something. something is that half Borat? Something. Mayor Putin. Mayor Putin. Mayor Putin is dead. HBO Max. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Gravy with cheese curds on cheese fries. <laughs> yep. Uh, that includes major ten poles like G- G- Godzilla vs Kong, Suicide Squad, the new Tim- Timothy Chalamet Dune, Ooh, uh, Matrix Four. Oh, fuck. Uh, God, Warner sp- Brothers have some some good stuff. There's a new Spaceman movie. There's a new Will Smith movie. Excuse me, a new what movie? <laughs> Thank you. A new Space Jam movie. Okay. <laughs> Spaceman. Uh, Spaceman movie. A new Spaceman like, movie. Uh, like, what? A space, sequel to First Man, Man or what? Yeah, yeah. it's a okay. movie. Uh, there's a new Space Jam movie. There's a new Will Smith movie. There's a new right. Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, musical. Oh, that Tom and Jerry head. live yep. action movie. All these big <laughs> movies. Uh, Have we talked about that? Uh, no, I don't think so. It looks wild. A live action Tom and Jerry film. Yeah, I think we mentioned it. And how are they going to beat the mouse over the head with a mallet when the mouse is live action? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's one of those like, fucking live action where it's like... It's like the Garfield movie. I'll put peanut butter on the yeah okay. Um, so yeah, and oh, Denis Villeneuve shit. came out with a a an essay that he wrote in some fucking <laughs> some, on, some online public. <laughs> you're, you're gonna love this shit, bro. Um, uh, I wrote so an essay in, in a searing new essay for Variety, mm. reading from Enemy. Uh, Dune director Denis Villeneuve said there was absolutely no love for cinema nor for the audience in Warner Brothers' decision. Quote, it's all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion, he writes. <laughs> Quote, therefore, even though Dune is about is about cinema and audiences, AT&T is about its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch a failure thus far, AT&T have decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention. <laughs> How fucking sick is that, dude? Yeah. This is the company that's funding his movie. I know, that's what's, it's that's like, what's insane. These fucking He's idiots. Like, Jokes on you, cunts. You've <laughs> obviously already sunk all of the money that you're going to sink into yeah. this shit. And so I can say whatever I want. I'm just going to burn that bridge. He continues, Warner Brothers' sudden reversal from being a legacy home for filmmakers to the new era of complete disregard draws a clear line for me. Filmmaking is a collaboration reliant on the mutual trust of teamwork and Warner Brothers has declared they know no longer on the same team. So, okay, I'm I'm a, I'm a little confused. Look, Denis, generally we see eye to eye. Okay, yeah, we've talked about this, but 
Is he angry because they'll be co-releasing them, or are they not releasing to cinemas at all? Um, so he has said uh, he is worried that this is going to kill the franchise because it's going to make the movie a lot less profitable. And so they're going to say like, oh, well, that movie didn't make any money. We're not going to make any more of this. Okay. All right. All right. Because it's harder um, to, unless they do their own analytics, it's harder to say that this many people went onto the streaming service specifically for that film or yeah. whether or not they would just hang around. <clears throat> I think so. Anyway, um, okay. Villeneuve went on to explain that he was supportive it's of like, Warner Brothers. Bitch, what do you want? There's a America is dead. Like America's gone. There's no one yeah. left in America. You're yeah. what? No do you want see people to go and movie. see your movie and die? Like, no. what's so, your uh, a, what's your alternative, dude? They've st- uh, enemy have, have stopped just directly lifting quotes from the essay, but it says uh, Villeneuve went on to explain that he was supportive of Warner Brothers' decision to push back the Dune release date until October 2021. It's not going to be now, better by then. But he now fears that the move to HBO Max will directly impact the film's chance of success. Okay. Uh, streaming can produce great content, but not movies of Dune's scope and scale, he adds. Mm. Warner Brothers' decision means that Dune won't have the chance to perform financially in order to be viable, and piracy will ultimately triumph. Warner Brothers Warner Brothers <laughs> might have just killed the Dune franchise. This one is for the fans. AT&T's John Stanky said that the... <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> So he, so he says, this one is for the fans. AT&G's John Stanky said that the streaming... <laughs> that's such a funny name. That's so fucking funny. I'm going to try one more time to get past it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's going for the promotion? <clears throat> uh, Stanky's up again. <laughs> Stanky, get into my it's office. It's <laughs> John Stanky or Ted Penis. I guess we're fucked either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is Eleanor Sticky Icky. <laughs> Very good stuff. Mr. Stanky said the streaming horse has left the barn. In truth, the horse has left the barn straight for the slaughterhouse. Nice. Um, apparently, what's, what's the barn in this scenario? Oh, <laughs> is no. the barn profit? No, I think the barn is like the place where you're trying to keep it cooped up to get, stop the horse from escaping. And now he's like, ah, streaming has very much become a thing despite us hoping it wouldn't be. Now okay. it's become this thing. Right. And he's saying, yeah, it's running straight from the barn that you've been trying to keep it in straight into the fucking slaughterhouse. So the horse is. I don't know. Sorry, is Mr. Oh, it's, Stanky it's associated with AT and T or associated Sorry. with Dune? Uh, Stanky is associated with AT and T. Yeah, so he's, he's the one that says the streaming horse has left the barn. But Jan Evil Nervous said that Stanky is mistaken, and in actual it's fact, it's going into the slaughterhouse. Okay, um, I understand. They're both on the, the same page, and then he has left Mr. the barn. Stanky and Mr. Villeneuve. Yeah. Fuck, never thought the Villeneuve would be the second weirdest name in this article. <laughs> uh, apparently, Christopher Nolan is also teed off on HBO Max yep. in two different interviews this week. Uh, he says they didn't tell anyone. In 2021, they've got some of the top that filmmakers sucks. in the world. They've got some of the biggest stars in the world who've worked for years, in some cases, on these projects, very close to their hearts, that are meant to be on the big screen. And there's such a controversy around it because they just didn't tell anyone. Mm. Uh, he went so far at a, with an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Christopher Nolan did, as far as to call the HBO Max the worst streaming service. Oh. <laughs> that's Fuck very yeah. that's very funny because like so good. when you think about it, I don't know, <laughs> dude, like Quibi existed for a while there, you know, and he's like, no, yeah. it's HBO Max, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. All right. Okay, last, last news story, because I feel like I promised this wouldn't go on for too long and I've really stretched it out. Oh, that's right. I've been, um, I've been, we've been having some good bants. How's this? All right, so last story here. <laughs> this is a weird one. Um, you know, you know the dude who played Doctor Octopus, Doctor Octopus, Doc Ock 
in Spy- Sam Raimi's <laughs> Spider-Man 2. It's from better to use his full name, <laughs> to be honest. Doctopus Octopus. Octopus, yeah. You're the guy who played Doc Ock in the 2004 Spider-Man 2? Very well, yes. Right. So, they're doing a third Tom Holland movie. Yep. And Doc Ock is going to be in it as a character. And played by this man. Played by that dude. Yep. 16 years later. He did a good job. (laughs) I thought he did pretty well. That's insane. That's pretty convincing. That's so weird. You might as well just get old mate to come back and be Maybe the Green Goblin. Maybe he still had like, the suit and he was like, I'm not giving you back the suit unless <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't You're know. You're going to get like a 60-year-old man to come back and play Dr. Octopus. I don't... It's not Dr. I Octopus, I don't care one bit who the fuck plays Doc Ock in the third Tom Holland Spider-Man film. He's almost 70. It's... Th- yeah... He's I almost 70. It's That's like getting my granddad <laughs> to play Doc Ock. It is pretty crazy, the age that they make this. And how's this? this shit. How's this? Jamie Lee Fox is going to be in this movie, this new top third Tom Holland movie. Jamie Lee Fox is going to be in it as Electro. He played Electro in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, you don't. It's uh, like they just completely shat the bed on casting. You don't want... It, you don't go to these movies... Because you can no, see, no, no. like... No, no, this has never happened before. I've never fucking heard of a new reboot, and they were like, oh, we'll just get the actress from the last one to yeah, be in this one. Yeah, it makes sense, though, because you just want to hang out with your friends that you've seen <laughs> before, man. And the lesson... You, it's, it sucks when your friend changes, because sometimes they're a different person, right? Like Andrew Garfield. Fuck you! Bad friend. But then when... If you can keep the same friends that you go to the movies to see, your best friends, like... Thor and like Captain America who you know and love because they're funny and cool um, Jamie Foxx also funny and cool you know uh, uh, well then what? Well, they're gonna get the fucking the, the, they're gonna get Kristen Dunst back to play Mary Jane then. how do you yeah, like that she's funny and cool <laughs> and and I feel good when I remember gonna seeing get a, movies with her in it they're gonna get a 38 year old woman to come back and make out with Tom Holland the spider twink and yeah. they're both gonna be in high school he's playing uh, Nathan Drake He's not going to be able To be the twink after that Yeah No you're right his, Your days his, is a twink And number twink baby over, <laughs> Yeah You're finished You're going to be a twonk <laughs> Twonk uh, And the the third The final headline For the third time Harrison the Ford Third final headline Yeah uh, Has confirmed That there is going to be A fifth uh, Indiana Jones movie I, that, now Dude a, is 80 There's actually Two he news stories 78 here. There's two news stories here, old. which is that one, okay, apparently there's going to be a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Uh, because, he's going to try and crack a whip, but he's going to dislocate his shoulder, the dude. The fourth one left people gagging for more, as we both <laughs> remember. And the second news story that's sort of buried under the surface of this first news story is that motherfucker is not dead yet. <laughs> which I'm always I'm shocked surprised. Every time you say Harrison Ford, I'm like, he has cocked it. Yeah. He must be sealed in like a fucking hyperbaric chamber or some shit, because... I feel like he's so old. and He he got crushed by a fucking plane. How has he not gotten COVID yet? Because <laughs> everyone knows you get crushed by a plane, you get COVID. Well, That's just uh, how the he's system just, works. He's mishap prone, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Wah, wah, wee, wah. What a news. 
what a couple of weeks of news we've had. Yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> what. It's good to know that the world is still fucking insane, even though there's nothing happening in the movie industry except for Marvel, where as soon as they possibly can, they're going to transition to making films that don't involve literally any human beings. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just, just going to move to randomly generating new movie. Oh, yeah. They're it's going to be AI generated, <laughs> AI directed, AI Fuck. cast, AI produced, AI lit, AI catering. Oh, yeah. It's all going to be fucking robots and they're going to move to that as soon as possible because it's very cheap. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the and they first can just crank out 60 Marvel films a year. Lunches and dinners on set for the first couple of weeks of the catering done by oh. a neural network are going to be a nightmare. It's going to be like weird. pickles and vanilla ice cream, <laughs> yeah. spaghetti bolognese on waffles. It's really going to take That's a while very to funny. get going. A neural network chef. <laughs> <laughs> that's... that's Probably a really good sketch idea, actually. <laughs> I was pretty proud of Machine myself. Machine learning, food preparation, yeah. That's very good. Thanks, That's brother. Good. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for everything you want, motherfucker. Fine, I'll option the idea from you. Funnily enough, the catering... On a uh, on a sketch, you're going to have to film about weird catering. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you're going to have to because <laughs> you're going to sue me for it. <laughs> no, because you're going to have to cook like beef flavored jelly and figure that out. Oh, how like the, the, to do the that. art department. Oh yeah, yeah the props that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is funny. Should we get into a bit of? <laughs> well, the, the, I guess the ironic thing is. Uh, in order to make up that food, I would have to not use a neural network. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Yeah oh, Which fuck. I think is both funny And not funny at all You're gonna get sued by Neural Networks bro For misrepresenting them <laughs> Yeah Yep Alright yep. Should we get into a bit of Beef no so pleasure Yeah let's do it Here's the music Business Pleasure. Of course, the segment where every week we prepare rigorous, detailed notes on the movie we've chosen for the week. This week it's Borat and Borat 2, both of which are very nice. But um, we <laughs> also... Also get uh, time to ourselves to, to watch movies we want to watch, to relax, kick back. Uh, watch Borat 2 several hundred times and then, you know, report back on the other shit that we've right. watched. Yeah, great. So this is the segment devoted to other shit that we've watched. Yes. Great. Uh, what do you got, boy? Uh, you go first. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, okay, I can go. No, no, I got um, it. I don't have any movies. No, no I'm you go. Nah, nah, you nah, go. we both said I should go. That means I'm gone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I uh, I don't think I've watched like any fucking movies in the last <laughs> month, man. I've horribly neglected my duties. Mm-hmm. I've been. We're, I'm not kidding. We both been very fucking busy. Mm. Um, I did manage to squeak in uh, some Better Call Saul, which is uh, the sort of first time I've I've started watching it. I think I put it off for a really long time. I didn't go in on El Camino, um, a Breaking Bad film, because. I didn't want more of that universe, and so I was like, "Because we both loved Breaking Bad, right?" Oh yeah, and I thought like I didn't, I don't know whether I, he could 
do it again without it feeling like a yeah. money grab or something. And right? Vince Gilligan is like, you know, you you want to say like, oh, Vince Gilligan is an incredible writer, but that is the fact that there were five seasons. He approached it in the same way that David Chase approached The Sopranos, which is, yeah. that I have this idea, right? And I know where it sort of starts and ends, and I don't yeah. want it to go on forever. I just want this arc. He, I think he had the I want to make Mr. Rogers into Scarface. That was his yeah. his concept. So like, I think it was actually Mr. Chips, but that's okay. Was it Mr. Chips? I don't, I don't know, know who Mr. Chips is. No, no, me neither. What? Keep what? talking. What was the joke? <laughs> um, if I feel like it was no, the Mr. reference Rogers. is Mr. Chips, but I don't know who Mr. Chips is. Yeah, but you're sure that quote was Mr. 100%. Chips. Okay, well, listeners, you Google Mr. Chips, and then you tell us, and that's who it was. I think he's an American <laughs> teacher uh, mm. character because um, Walter White it starts off as a chemistry teacher. Mm. Whatever. So, but he knew. Okay, once he's once he's hit the Scarface point. He's not going to be Scarface for as many seasons as we can fucking right. <laughs> stretch this shit out for. He's yeah. done, right? Yeah. And so um, I thought, yeah, the fact that he's going back into the tank, um, I don't like the idea of El Camino. I don't want closure for Jesse. And I also don't necessarily need to be back in that universe. I feel like I'm kind of done with it. But I <clears throat> I listened to the West Wing thing with um, Dave Anthony and Josh... Uh, Dave, Dave and Josh. <laughs> it's okay. He's a white man, so we're allowed I to forget to say what Josh his name Olsen, is. But he does a podcast with I think sounds, sounds Josh Androsky. Whatever. I'm getting confused. But yeah, anyway, some other Dave day. and Josh from the West Wing thing. They're both writers, and especially uh, quite good writers. And sometimes they talk fondly about other writers in the industry. And they talked very fondly about Better Call Saul as a show right. written by Vince Gilligan because it was sort of this weird thing where they said it's one of the best shows on television at the moment and it feels like it's just slipped under the radar completely. And I think yeah. a lot of people are probably having the same reaction as I am where they're like, I don't really trust that it's going to be good. Yeah, you know? that's, that's exactly why I haven't watched it. Yeah, so it's really good. It's, it's very... Is it sim- I've heard it's different tonally to Breaking Bad. It is very different. It's, it's a little more... Um, uh, it's almost got this surreal quality to it, not in terms of the setting, but in terms of like things happen that are very sort of. No, I don't know. I think well, is it funnier Saul- because I've heard that I, I know that Bob Odenkirk has like a background in sketch comedy. Yes, like he he was well he's known as a comic great, actor, but he first. plays it totally dry. But the thing is, Saul is now the main character, right? Obviously, yeah. which means that his like. Um, haphazard and desperate energy from the show is yeah. the core foundation of this, oh, this show. And it's not always like that. He's actually a lot more... Because in the show, he was always like stressed out and at the end of his fucking wit. Yeah. But he was quite competent. That was kind of the point. Yeah. And in this, it's sort of the same, except you're sort of... He's not in all the gang shit when he starts off, right? And so... You, you sort of realize that as much as he comes across as very desperate and slimy and incompetent, he actually isn't. He's often quite clever and good and has a plan. It's just that often that plan doesn't go very well. And so in the same way as the Brian Cranston, you get that transition. It's the whole point of this show that you get that same kind of transition then? I think this is more... So, like, one of the best examples I can come up with for it alluding to stuff is that um, Mike is back uh, and he works as the boom guard operator at the car park of the local district attorney's office where Bob is a public defendant. Right. And so, you see them interact for the first time ever 
and you and and Mike is just this dude sitting there pressing a button, and it, the, the, it is funnier, I think, right? The setup is, um, in order to get free parking, Bob Odenkirk, Saul has to get the person at the desk to stamp his ticket all day, <laughs> and it's like $3, but he's fucking broke all the time. <laughs> and so, and this lady at the desk never stamps his card properly, and Mike will never let him out. <laughs> so he always gets all... The, it's like a 20-minute walk from the office, and he always gets all the way down there, hands a card over, and Mike's like, you're short a stamp. <laughs> and, and Bob's like, just let me out this one time, you motherfucker, just let me out this one time. <laughs> and he just shuts the window. And so he has to like go back inside, and there's sometimes when he's in like this panicked rush <laughs> it's this whole fucking thing and it's the whole thing and it, they do it like five or six <laughs> times it's so funny and they raise the stakes every time so in some ways it does feel a little sketch right like like you'll forget he even has to get his parking and he's in a rush and then he gets stuck in totally. the parking and, and then you're then like you, oh fuck you see the booth you're like this motherfucker <laughs> yeah it's, so it's it's oh, very yeah. good and like bob odenkirk is is just soul like he's uh, you kind of forget He's got this real, like, theatricality to his performance, which was almost off-putting at first because Brian Cranston is, like... Very dry, very serious. Man, the more that you look at it... And also, he is that fucking character. Like, I know he did the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, and people remember him, but, like, you forget how much Brian Cranston is just Walter White He was so good. He came back. Honestly, people talk about Tony Soprano as being, like, one of the most... uh, one of the most memorable performances in living memory committed to film. And I think, like, I reckon Walter White is up there, man. Yeah, man. He was so good I mean, in I, I know it's uh, like, El Camino. He came back, like, instantly yeah, in El Camino. I think he's just an incredible fucking actor. When he gets the right role in front of him, it's just... Yeah, Brian Cranston is a fucking legend. Yeah. And so... I would say Bob Odenkirk isn't trying to emulate that. He's not trying to be that same type of character. And it is kind of weird seeing this supporting character be the main because he hasn't really changed that much. And so what used to be these weird flavor situations where, you know, they'd go to this office and it would be kind of funny because, like, he'd have this fucking situation that you'd see him desperately trying to spin (laughs) plates of. That's the show now. And um, there are some nice aspects. Like, he's got this, his sort of, like, this person uh, this woman that he clearly likes and has feelings for that yeah. sort of has sweet feelings for him but they haven't that really worked out what what they are yet and she works at the big giant opposing law corporation brutal um and, and he, i think his brother works there as well and so he's like there is main competition but he's got this in because his brother is one of the partners there but his brother's not working it's so it does and his brother Thinks he has, he thinks he. I'm trying to give a sense of the surreality of it. His brother has like what he thinks is an allergy to electricity, right? And so he like won't leave the house. He's agoraphobic. It sounds like there's a bit of a screwball kind of nature to how it does everything. At the same time, sometimes there are real stakes, and I feel like those stakes are getting slowly ratcheted up. Right. And so what's nice is it started off as yeah, this kind of like funny screwball comedy about this lawyer that you know. But every now and then, you realize that he's he's in over his head. And he started getting into some of the Mexican gang stuff. Um, he's met Mike, who is... And the, I think the last episode I watched mostly followed Mike. And Mike is coming from uh, this, like, um, crooked cop 
background yeah, and stuff. So in. it's pretty gritty. Is it? It's good. Does it do the same cinematography stuff that Breaking Bad does, where it has all these weird camera angles and has a bit of fun with it that way? Like you know what I mean? Yes. Like the Breaking Bad has like the camera in the dryer and the uh, all these weird. Oh, yes. All it that does. shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's on. Uh, it's on a food cart being wheeled around the old folks. That's home. cool. That type of shit. There's yeah, heaps yeah. of good shit in El. You got to go. I think El Camino is good, man. To leave mm. a bit of space between Breaking Bad and then El- and then go to go back on El Camino. It's good shit. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot okay. of really fun camera work in that where mm. you, it reminded me That's immediately of watching Breaking Bad again. That is such a unique touch that I feel yeah. like when I watched the show I didn't even notice. No. It felt so natural but it, but you're right. I've never seen almost any other filmmaker do that. Sticking, it's like they find this object that's the key center point of the scene, yeah. and they just stick the camera on or in it, yeah. and that's how they sort of set it up. And it feels so great. It should break you right out of it, but it just doesn't. It feels. It, it, it adds to the sense of surreality and fun to the episode yeah. almost. Yeah, it's so clever. It's um. I mean, so I wouldn't say it does quite as much, but also right. maybe I'm just over remembering how much Breaking Bad did that. Did that because they can't do it too often. Yeah, so it's going to be really gimmicky. Like so a thing. It definitely you, does have the same type of shit. How did Lots you watch of it? like the cameras up on a high shelf and with an object in front of it, and you'll yeah. see a character like their hands kind of like patting up and reaching around yeah, trying to yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That type of stuff. Which I just you're right. Like. Other filmmakers just don't do that type of shit. No, like TV. Yeah, you don't see that much in TV. No, t- yeah, TV, I guess. But even films, like, you you know, I feel like cinematographers a lot of the time, they're trying to think of how to frame the shot best so it doesn't even feel like there's a camera there. But these guys are just proudly embracing the well, fact that the camera yeah. is part of the scenery. I feel like with a lot of TV drama, it's almost like the story is king. And mm. the the having fun and interesting cinematography is almost like a secondary thing. Oh, definitely. But where yeah. with, with a lot of movies, like, even like... A, yeah, yeah... I haven't seen framing like that in many. I was going to say even like a Tarantino kind of, but like you don't see much interesting framing like that in many. No, like, yeah, not like that. Not like that. It's no. different. It's it's playful still, but not the it's same like way. Very impressionistic and it was yeah, crazy. I, I, I was literally thinking about that. I saw a few. It was the bingo cart shot, and I, I or the food cart at the old folks. I'm sorry, and I thought, fuck, this feels like everyone does this. But no one does it. It's just it's this not dude. even that they do it better yeah. than other people. No one does stuff like this. Yeah, it's really weird. It's I really like it. cool. Yeah. Anyway, so great show for how, that type of stuff. How I did you watch it? Recommend it. I've got it on Blu-ray. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> what the fuck did you have it on Blu-ray? You just never watch it. Because I can watch it on my big ass nice TV, and I don't have a 4K player. So yeah. if I could have gotten it on a 4K Blu-ray, I would have. Oh, okay. When I get my. Um, PlayStation I thought you were like 5. sitting on these discs, sitting on six seasons worth of discs for like a year, and they'd be like, "I'm gonna actually watch this." No, I did that with yeah. the Sopranos. <laughs> I bought the box set straight up. Um, here's what I watched: Palm Springs. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Andy Samberg, comedy, also starring uh, Kristen Mulledy and J.K. Simmons. Uh, it is very similar in concept, I suppose, to Groundhog Day. Yeah. Only in the sense that. Uh, it's a dude that is stuck in a time loop. Yeah. Um, I didn't know heaps about it going in other than that. Not that there's many conceptual spoilers, but I think it's fun. So if you want to, if you want to get into it, just watch it. I think that I was worried it was going to be like a shitty American comedy, like a Step Brothers-y kind of, uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley kind of movie. Right. Because Andy Samberg... He's generally quite good. I like all the stuff he's in, but, but yeah, I, I yeah, just he's saw got a bad reputation. I guess I suppose so. maybe it's just like a lot of. The, I, I saw like mainstream American comedy, and I thought mm. most of the mainstream American comedies I just don't like. Yeah, and but this is so funny, man! Great, mm, okay. uh, legitimately very funny. 
you know what I like? I think this is a good comedy. Um, yeah. Christian Maloney is really great in it as well. She's most famous as playing the mother and How I Met Your Mother. Um, oh, yeah. yeah one yeah, thing yeah. I like a lot about the concept of the movie and how they've just twisted it and haven't like just patently ripped off Groundhog Day is that... Um, when you, this is like a mild spoiler for the first ten or fifteen minutes. When you enter Groundhog, when when Krista Melody, sh- she's going to a wedding in the middle of a desert or something, yeah. and that's the day that they repeat. Um, when she goes there, she meets Andy Samberg at the wedding, who is like the boyfriend of some chick that's already at the wedding. Um, Andy Samberg has already been in the time loop for like a hundred days. Yeah. Yep. So he is <laughs> he's already like Bill Murray at the end of Groundhog Day. He's yeah, fucking yeah. he's like lost his fucking mind and he is just like rocking up to the wedding in like board shorts and a Hawaiian shirt and shit. Um and so when she ends up also looping the day, he is like her shaman like guiding her through this experience. Right. Um and there's enough twists and turns on the Groundhog Day concept that I think it's really fun. I was laughing the whole time. It's a really tight 90 minutes, um, which is not very common in movies these days. And yeah. it was refreshing. And I had a, I had a great old time. I just, I was looking forward to watching it for ages and I'm so happy that it was good. Mm. I watched it on Amazon Prime. That's right. Video. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bezos, please take my money. Pirate uh, that film if you can. <laughs> Awesome movie. Very good fun. Uh, my favorite scene in the whole movie is uh, a scene. So every morning, Andy Sandberg wakes up to uh, fucking his girlfriend. Mm. Oh, God. And like, <laughs> like every, every morning she's getting dressed and she's like pulling a stocking on and he wakes up to like her pulling a stocking on and he's like, oh, nice like. And every morning she's like, Fine. Uh, and so every morning he's like fucking his girlfriend while she's very reluctant about it. Oh god! Because she, yeah, for, for for reasons that aren't sinister. Right, the, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every morning he's like fucking. I'm doing it anyway. I couldn't give couldn't give a fuck. And there's one of the time loops where, um, for whatever reason. There's a five second window where he's just fucked it and they're not having sex anymore, and she just has to get dressed and go. Right. Uh, and he's like. She's like lost an earring or something. And so while she's looking for the earring, I'm like, shit, shit, shit. Andy Samuel's like, fuck it, I'm going to finish anyway. And so he's there like jacking himself off while she's like, while she's going like, fuck, shit, 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 shit. It's like blurry shots of his girlfriend, like half naked, walking through the back of frame looking for her earrings or something. While he's he's like barefacedly trying to get through it. Jesus Christ. Shit, shit, shit. So it's like, it's a good R rated movie. Yeah, very. Strong, strong creative vision behind it. Yeah. Awesome fucking movie. Highly recommended. Very good fun. Um, not very lewd. Despite the joke that I've just brought up, it's it's not a very lewd, rude movie. It's you one can... of the one of the rudest moments in the film. Yeah, good fun. I recommend watching. Okay, that's it. Cool, cool. There Should we, we dig into the main attraction? Yeah, let's get into my wife, <laughs> Borat and Borat Two. Borat Zagayevsky. I think Satyev. Satyev. There we go. Or whatever. I don't know. Ah, yeah. All right, so Borat and Borat 2. Uh, we decided to watch Borat 2 back when it was topical, and we've really sort of missed the mark by a good month and oh, a half. Oh, brother. Because this, this movie came out before the US election. Well, and I think that one of... Oh. Not, not only did we miss the mark on uh, talking about Borat 2 in a timely fashion, missed the fucking mark on watching Borat 1. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like, um, such a bizarre experience being a 26-year-old watching Borat 1 for the very first like time. Like alone, I imagine. Alone in your room <laughs> in the year 2020. <laughs> Just being like, this is what people were laughing so much about mm. and referencing so much through... So yeah. many years. So right. So I'll get back Crazy. to that in a second. But so of course, Borat One came out in two thousand and six. Right. We were in year seven. Uh, probably all of thirteen or fourteen, and it was twelve or thirteen. Thank you very it much. It was fucking very, very, very popular with kids our age when it came out. I I yeah. remember like. Every single motherfucker in the whole fucking school having seen Borat yep. and acclaiming that it was the funniest movie in the whole world. Uh, lit- un- unironically, lots of like, my wife and very nice and stuff yeah. being thrown around like for a whole year, it felt like. There would have been, yeah, I'm sure that everyone listening to this podcast probably had the same experience yeah, about like, it. But, I don't know. But- you know, there were people going around and talking in the voice the whole day and yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. A cultural phenomenon like we have every single fucking week here. Well, because I don't even know that but whether, it like... it took so long. There wasn't that much of a culture of, like, YouTube. Like, I don't even know if YouTube was really a thing back then. Uh, in 2006. I think it was released in 2006, wasn't it? YouTube. But it wasn't big until, like, 2008, nine. Yeah, something like that. So, like, YouTube wasn't even really a big thing back then, as far as I remember. And there wasn't that much of a... Internet culture, I don't think, was as much of a big thing in mm. terms of like the proliferation of. As founded in two thousand five, Google bought it in two thousand six. Yeah, there you go. It wasn't as much of a thing though, and I mm. feel like it's, I, I don't know what my point is, other than to say like it was such a different time. Memes and this, like, didn't proliferate through right, the internet so much so quickly, and you couldn't see like all these Borat clips. I suppose yeah. there wasn't an easy way if you couldn't see Borat. There wasn't an easy way of seeing. This is back before streaming and shit. I'm I'm not trying to sound like an old man, but the yeah. point was like <laughs> yeah, we never we never saw puppy. Borat, yeah. and I didn't get to see it, and I couldn't see it. There wasn't you couldn't jump on YouTube and fucking look for Borat shit. Yeah, but is your point that you still knew about it, or you or still what? knew about it somehow? Just the idea that it was tremendously popular despite all of that. But, but lots also of like just went you, saw it in the movies. If I if you didn't see it in the movies, I was I felt like I was just in the dark. It was one of those movies oh. where like in the release at the time where like if you wanted to see it and you didn't see it in the cinema or buy it on blue or buy it on DVD. Yeah. Well, that you would just, have been what people did. You just didn't see it. Whereas I feel like it's a lot more accessible now to see and become familiar with shit like this. You can like stream half of it and be like, oh, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are heaps of movies now that you can more actively engage with and be familiar with without committing to... A, like, So it was back in the day, I didn't have any fucking money. So like, my, I, I said like, hey, can I watch Borat? My parents would have been like, no. I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what Borat is the epitome of for me? Borat yeah. fits right alongside Modern Warfare 2 as... Hell you, yeah. You as didn't, coolest yeah, modern You art. didn't own it, but you went to a friend's house and watched it. And that's right. how every single person saw Borat 2. Or Borat. Borat is it? No one owned it, but yeah. you would go to a friend's place and watch it. Right. Right. And I feel like the Borat DVD was something that was like... I'm imagining like... I'm sitting on one kind of similar to it, so sorry about this. But I'm imagining like... <laughs> Well, actually, much shittier than this. Quite a nice. I'm sitting on a nice couch. I'm imagining like one of those couches where all the cushions are fucked, and yeah. sort of you sit in and fall into the internal cavity of the couch. In amongst you, there is a copy of Borat. <laughs> you know, when you go to your mate's place and yeah. you, there's like 
and they don't put the discs back in the fucking boxes of any of the games that they play and oh, shit. Do you remember that? You know that mate, yeah. But you know that time, mate's place? Yeah. That friend was the main distributor of Borat. <laughs> you know, that's how everybody yeah. saw it. Yeah. Um, I just remember having, felt like I was missing out, but at the same time feeling like the way people were describing it, like, oh, it's so funny, man. He naked wrestles his friend and you see his, totally. you see his penis. Did and not a, sell me on there's it. There's a thing with a bear. I just yeah. thought... This shit doesn't sound very uh, funny. Not funny at all. And the sorts of dudes, the sorts of this is gonna, this is gonna like dumb, open, dumb uh, guys. Yeah, it was the sorts dumb of guys. dudes in high school when I thought I was top shit and they thought they were top shit, yeah. and I just didn't think that what these dudes thought was funny was very funny. Yeah. So when these guys are running around being like, "Oh, fucking very nice," and not doing as well as I could do it, <laughs> that um, was great. That was <laughs> one of those guys doing the Borat voice. <laughs> Oh, I'm, fucking I'm, very nice. I'm, se- I'm, I'm very, several layers in character, bro. Don't break me out of it. Oh, that's um, so funny. I, I just thought like, oh, this doesn't sound very funny. This sounds oh, like... fucking my wife. Was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five? <laughs> Fuck. Um, this, God, this I'm is right back there. Now. I'm in the room. Yep. This, this is a 14-year-old rugby jock doing Borat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is me, 14-year-old me being like, that humour is beyond me. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. just I never ended up seeing My it. My humour is over your head, cunts. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Monty Python? Yeah, God. Yeah. God, do you reckon people at like our dad's schools are going around being like, oh, knee? <laughs> That type of shit, fuck it. Yeah, probably. Infuriating. Just awful. I don't, I don't have my homework, sir, but I do have a shrubbery. Yeah. A lot of that. Yeah, very good. Fuck Anymore. yeah. Anymore. <laughs> no, that's all I got. Yeah. I don't even know if the timeline checks out, but let's just assume it does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I fucking love Borat, man. Did you like Borat? The first one? Yeah. I really liked it. I wouldn't say I really liked it. I thought there were some bits that made me laugh more than I thought they would. And mostly, I don't think I was laughing out loud through a whole lot of it. Um, there were a few moments I think that's where always going to happen if you watch a comedy by yourself. A lot. A yeah, lot more but than I didn't, otherwise. I wouldn't say that I felt very amused for like a lot of the movie. There were some moments where it really shone through. Um, and a lot of moments where I think it was funnier that... Like, what was happening on screen was funny, but he wasn't doing a funny bit or anything. It was like, you know, some American dipshit was embarrassing themselves. Right. I think so that would be funny. But what it did have that I don't think I respond very well to and still didn't is a distinct air of 2006 era prank videos. Yeah. And that really never landed with me. There's a lot of it I didn't like. Like, there's a lot of... Here's what I did like. Yeah. I thought all of Borat was going to be seeing his penis and watching him fucking uh, say racist shit yep. and yep. controversial shit. And I thought it was going to be... And there was a bit of that. But what I really liked and what I sort of didn't realize is that... Maybe this is obvious, but what he's going for is playing this character who is obviously so insanely... He's such an insane stereotype and he's obviously such an... Obviously a bit. It's such an insanely almost racist depiction of this Russian f- generic foreigner dude. Yeah. Like when they said Kazakhstan, they made us sell it, may as well have said like Fritarolistan, yeah. like made up some random hey. country. <laughs> it's like, you've never heard of this fucking country. You don't know what these people are like. Yeah. And the character he plays is such an insanely, obviously racist bit. And so the bit of the movie is watching these Americans expose their own, awful xenophobia and like subconscious racism yeah. by just assuming that he's real. Right. Like and, he and comes in and says like in that country women cannot drive yeah. and they're like oh yeah yeah what's that like? Well over here we let women do things. Yeah. 
and it, it gets like absurd. I can't remember if it's in the first or second one, but the biggest example I can think of is like um, people who uh, show him how to use a toilet because um, that's in the first one, right? So he goes to these people's house and he like, goes to like an American etiquette class. Yeah, yeah, and like it's like how could how could an adult man not know how to how to wipe his own ass? Right, yeah. and it's it's so. The, but the thing is, right, and I think this is where it breaks down. Sorry, I've been burping through beers for like the last 30 <laughs> seconds. Sorry to everybody for that. Andrew's um, on the verge of tears describing Borat. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> the thing that I don't like about it is that I feel like, and this the second one I have a similar criticism of, but for different reasons. I feel like people don't realize because they haven't really stuck cameras in a lot of people's faces, the- is that as soon as you do that, people act weird. They just yeah. act weird. You act different if there's a film crew around, yeah. especially if you're in front of it. You right? roll with stuff a lot more, maybe? Right. They don't want to look like an asshole on camera. Right. And so, if they were off camera, a lot more people will probably be like, what the fuck is this? Or like, what's going yeah. on here? Well, I feel like that's part of it as well, though. It's like it's it a is. look at like America's fascination with m- media and yeah. fame and... No, I think that Borat 1 did a very good job of the point not being Borat. The point was... Borat playing off people yeah. and people's reactions to Borat. Right. And I, th- I think that it By did the way, none of these cunts that found it funny in high school ever brought that up, ever. They found it actually funny if they did for when, the dumbest uh, shit. If they did when I was 14, I would have been like, that's so stupid. I'm not watching I don't it. think so, man. I think a lot of it was like, it's so fucking funny when he's like, my wife. Mm. Like, and it, that's just the, the reason. And I think that was another thing that put me off it was that it that just, I don't know, like the whole quotability thing... Has and I can honestly say, it's never entertained me. I've always found it very yeah. awkward when people quote shit back at you and think that yeah. it's funny. It's just like, ugh, ugh. like I, it's a bit cringy I, I, in I, a way. I, where, yeah. I'll find it funny once when I watch the movie. It's not funny when you say it just because I've seen it and I found it funny in the movie or whatever. I know, it's very what you mean. cringy. And so, like, I think a lot of the people going around and just like regurgitating the most surface level of this film were a big strike against it for me. Yeah, me too. So one I feel thing like that we I kind of moved on, but I just wanted yeah, to know that like, well, this discourse was never part of the no. initial film. Well, I feel like that was his, like, on me. his undercurrent that you were like, if you get it, you get it, and if yeah. you don't, you're part of the Not joke. Not to sound like a big galaxy brain person. I'm 26 no. now. I probably wouldn't have picked up I wouldn't on it, have got it back when then, I was watching I, it back but, then. But I'm going but. back and watching... I watched a whole bunch of interviews he did. So that, today I watched a whole bunch of interviews that he did in character as, as Borat. LG, yeah. Back in 2006. No, no. <laughs> back in 2006. In character, this guy do interviews? <laughs> in character as Borat on like Good Morning America. Yeah, and like yeah, Fox yeah. and Friends and shit. And he's in character as Borat the whole time. And sometimes the journalists... Uh, uh, or the presenters and stuff on screen are like, ooh, when he says stuff. And it's like, you fucking idiots. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, whole but, point. But you don't know if they're like... Because uh, I don't know. That a lot of those uh, kind of presenter, Like, for instance, that person might be going like, ooh, not because they think that it's real, but yeah. because they're like fuck, are we going to get in trouble for this? Right. So they're thinking about it on a bunch of different levels. They're like fourth dimensional chess playing the right. Borat shit. Well, it's like, I'm, I'm sure that this is a character bit, but I need to play along with yeah. it to look good and I don't know when to pull the eject right. cord. And another thing is though, that he, he does a lot more of that catchphrase stuff in all those promotional bits. So I think that like looking back on it now, there isn't as much right. of that in the movie, but like in every single press conference, not a press, you know, in every single interview, he goes, yeah. like, my wife is dead, high five, and like right. very nice. And he, he does all of that 
in every single interview. Just bits. So I feel like he was just an absolute machine right. at doing all the marketing back then. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's th- exactly stuff like, as well, speaking of DVDs, I remember that the special edition of this came with the Mankini. Yeah. Right? That's in the movie for like one shot. One second. Literally or like a second or something like yeah. that. Like maybe like maximum five seconds of this film. And it's one of the most iconic things about the film. Yeah. Right? I assumed he would wear it around for a whole part of the film or something. No. Yeah, exactly. No, not at all. And so I feel like the marketing of this film has lodged in people's brains a lot more necessarily than the, yeah. the, the main content of the film itself. Yeah. One thing I didn't like, and I can sort of see see about justifying it myself now, so I'll do that. But one thing I didn't like is all the Jew jokes that he makes for seemingly yeah, no tough. reason. Like the, uh, we, we, we hunt Jews, and oh, are you going to kill me because you're a Jew? And shit like that. Was, yeah. I don't really understand what the joke is there, short of maybe him saying shit that is racist and getting people to, seeing if anyone will call him out on it. Right. But, yeah. And I it's just, like I've, the only angle he can take because he's Jewish. And so he's protected from it. Yeah, but it still feels dirty. It, fe- it feels like every other joke he makes in the movie is kind of a joke almost at the expense of general American culture. Well, we talked about this when we were watching it. It's punching up, right? Is yeah. That it's, it's this idea that, like, in general, you shouldn't be punching down. Like, you don't punch towards... You, you don't, don't make um disenfranchise people, people the subject yeah. of your jokes, right? If you're from a position of privilege, but if you're not from a position of privilege, it's okay to make fun of more privileged people in general. And, like, obviously that comes with its own exceptions and sort of sets yeah. of, of principles that you should try and stick to. But um, we, we were talking... We were... <laughs> talking. Fuck yeah. While we were talking. It's a new era and, uh, of podcast, baby. Yep. And um, we sort of, a lot of the time across, I would say more in the second one, but very much still in the first one, couldn't work out who the subject of the joke was. Yeah. It was very muddy and very confusing, and I didn't find it funny because I was too busy trying to figure out if I should be uncomfortable or not. I feel like a lot of the time he was very clever in just presenting a generically insane character and you watch the members of the public play with that. And then sometimes they would Borat would just come out and say something very offensive or very... Controversial or incendiary in some way. Yeah, incendiary, whatever. Yeah, um, inflammatory. Inflammatory. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't really get what the point was, other than, oh, if he's trying to showcase people's like xenophobia and people's ignorance of foreigners and that sort of thing, maybe he's just hoping they call him on that. But the Jew jokes they did so often and so yeah. frequently that I just I feel maybe felt uncomfortable. I didn't really find it very funny at all. I Whereas feel like, like a lot of the other stuff was so insanely surreal. Yeah. And so comical. And you could say like, yeah, sure, there are countries where women aren't allowed to drive and women are treated as second class citizens. Yeah. And so he's just saying it in a funny voice to be like bleh. But I feel like the Jew stuff I it just didn't it definitely feels like all the stuff about his wife feels like take my wife, please. Like just in two thousand six, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's very much like, oh man, hates his wife. Like he's glad when she's dead. But yeah. I think that that's, get rid of the old ball and chain. I feel like that's like, Borat doing a joke. I think every joke that Borat does deliberately is this hack horrible joke. Well, yeah, I guess, but it's yeah. But then again. Who's it making fun of? Is it making fun of people who make those jokes? Or is it making fun of, as you said, like generic European that is meant to be... Yeah, and that's Because the, it's not like he's going around trying to be an, a realistic stereotype. He's going around being a, a European dude who makes 
take my wife please jokes. Yeah. And like, I, who, the, who is that? It's I not think, a real person. I think half of that is about him trying to make people feel uncomfortable deliberately to get better reactions out of them. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite bits of the movie, because I wrote some down for this. I think he's a really funny physical comedian. Yeah, he is. There's like the bit where he accidentally like his bag comes open in the subway and he has a live chicken in the bag and then he's chasing <laughs> he's chasing the chicken down the subway. I car. could not imagine a scarier thing <laughs> than doing that on a New York subway. He like, like goes to kiss a guy I hello like on the New York subway. Fucking murdered. And I yeah. know that like that's a, a through line of both films. Yeah. But there are some people who I feel like they're about Three or four seconds of maybe the film crew away from like stabbing this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a Midnight Cowboy reference where they play the song when he's walking through New York City trying to introduce himself to oh, people. Oh, right. And, like, and you're like, everybody is talking at me. I thought, like, oh, I get that now. Right. Um, I wouldn't have got that before. Like, And also, like, 14 year olds wouldn't have. So I'm understanding this yeah, on definitely. another level. Yeah. yeah. Um, when he's introducing himself, Alexi Toliopoulos being yeah. like, oh, "I understand that." <laughs> yeah. When he's introducing himself to random people in New York City, just on the side of the street, they're like, "Hi, I'm Borat," and one guy refuses to shake his hand, and so he keeps sprinting after him, being like, "I'm Borat, I'm Borat," and the guy keeps looking over his shoulder, like Borat's chasing him with a fucking knife or something. That was <laughs> like this dude is like running for his fucking life. That was peak for me, peak prank video energy. <laughs> I think it's crazy that you think that's one of the funniest parts of the film. It's like, dude, boy, have I got 17 million compilations on YouTube for you. I still thought it was funny. Um, There was a lot of this movie that I think didn't age very well. No shit, but... Oh, sorry. Yeah, finish your top 10 or whatever it is. The bit where he gives the congressman cheese and then says it's made from breast milk. (laughs) See, now that, funny shit. Seeing what <laughs> and the dude swallows, it. yeah, and you can see like they do a real close up, and you can see him like force it down. It's so funny. I like that bit. Oh that was God. funny because it was showing you how desperate this fucking politician is for yeah. maybe being around someone with like power. How yeah, they'll do fucking anything. Like he'll swallow cheese that he thinks is made of someone's breast milk yeah. some random person's just wife's to look good breast on milk camera. just to impress this fucking and I think that's all shit. it is it's like it's yeah. all these people in this movie that are just trying to look good on camera and right. it's like look at all the insane shit we can get people to say people with families and fucking jobs mm. just because they think they're on camera with a journalist right but like look at them debasing themselves yeah. like the, how insane yeah. is it when he's at the rodeo and he gets that old guy to say on camera to, to hang the gays yeah that that's the most insane that's the moment the, the, i think that's really the pinnacle of the movie the fact that he can get somebody to just candidly say that on camera yeah is insane I, I, there mu- that must have been hidden camera or some shit um maybe yeah, not but know. like that guy that guy was so fucking shameless like that and the smashed frat dudes where they're talking about like are oh, you fuck a woman and then you don't respect her anymore and so you ditch her like the frat the frat dudes thing was insane and apparently they tried uh, apparently a whole bunch of people in this movie tried to sue him and then failed. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of people... They would have like, had the legal team from yeah. the most insane legal team. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, so, the, I think that the bunch of... The stuff that didn't age well is like... Um, a lot of the gay stuff in this didn't age very well. That felt very of its Another time. thing that I feel like... So, you know how you were saying about heaps of the Jewish humour? 
yeah. I wonder how much of that was literally just an artifact of that era that we've kind of now forgotten. Because if you recall, South Park was really big on making fun of like, like uh, you Jew, right? I think yeah. it was Cartman used to always call people dirty Jews or whatever. I th- I think it is. Yeah, I think it was. I was like, I remember back when in th- when we were back in two thousand and six. When why were we? It were. was. <laughs> When were we were, it would be very common. I'm trying to, not, I'm trying not to incriminate. Uh, no, we were 40. We were idiots. Everyone would say like, "Oh, that's gay." Oh yeah, no shit. I think yeah, everyone yeah. used to say that way and before. I feel we had awful been about it now, but like yeah, um, yeah, everyone would say that, and everyone would. I suppose yeah, the terms "gay" and "Jew" were used amongst 14 year olds that I was with yeah. as like punchlines, and I think in it, a way that is insane now. It's worth noting that we went to a horribly insular private school. And so, yeah. like, we were never exposed. There was never a culture created where people who that was negatively affecting could comfortably say, "No, fucking stop that behavior." Yeah. Nor did anyone in the surrounding environment, no, really tell us to stop that behavior. I no. feel like there were a few like Ima- imagine slaps exposing on the an wrist. insular society in which, uh, yeah, in yeah. which we stereo- that's, what, that's what Borat's doing. We that's what Borat's doing. Crew, trying to make fun of people for it. Yeah, and the bear in the truck, I thought was very funny. That was crazy. The I was bear. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. They're actually going really fast. And this fucking bear is just hanging the bear, outside. <laughs> the bear in the truck and the naked fight, yeah. both very, very funny. See, I didn't think the naked fight was funny because it verged so close on like, imagine if they were doing gay stuff. Like, imagine being gay. It was just like, I I don't know who the oh, joke no. about this is. I didn't get that. But the the naked fighting for me, I interpreted as like they were so swept up in their blind rage that they just lost all context for where they were. No, there was like scenes where they were like doggy style, and there was like ass slapping against ass. Man, I think yeah. you <laughs> rewatch that scene <laughs> because that was definitely meant to be funny because they it looked like they Imagine were having if gay they were sex. Gay. Yeah, oh, okay. I think that's one of the things. If it was just literally that they had like a, a really aggressive fight, but they both were naked, funny stuff. That's all I got out of it. No, I think it was. I think there was a lot of like, not gay panic, but you know, like yeah, it's funny because yeah, well, that's it looks like they're gay, but they're not. I thought a lot of the stuff Borat was funny. I yeah. didn't like the Jews stuff. I didn't like the gay stuff. Yeah, a lot wow. of the edge lords on record saying that too. <laughs> don't like the Jews. Don't yeah, <laughs> oh, it's doubling down. Didn't like the jokes about like Jewish stuff and the jokes about gay stuff, where it just seemed like it was like edge lord fucking yeah edgy jokes for the sake of being edgy. This hasn't gone. But I think a lot well, of yeah. the other stuff where he was just being this insane stereotype and people were just accepting it mm. was really interesting and really funny and really cleverly done. Right. Um. In contrast to Borat 2, yeah. which I don't think did it nearly as well. Yeah, it did some things better, but uh, some things definitely not as well. I don't think it did anything better. Mm. My reading of Borat 2 was that it felt like... So, Borat 2 is was just came out this year in 2020. It's on Amazon Prime, I think. Um, and it follows Borat having now disgraced himself in Kazakhstan, being sent back to give a lit, give a gift to the glorious leaders of America in order to better ingratiate Kazakhstan into the eyes of the US, or whatever. Yeah. And so he decides to bring his 15-year-old daughter, hmm. played by some 23-year-old... Ah, oh, you fucked it, mate. Uh, yeah, she's, she's a Romanian actress. No, nah, she's from... Be- Belarus. Something like that. No, that's where our listeners are from. Doesn't matter. She's from Maria Bakalova. Where's she from? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out now. 
Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Right. Bulgaria. So um, he decides to take his 15-year-old daughter, played by this Bulgarian actress, Maria, Maria Bakalova. Maria Bakalova. <laughs> she's like 23 or something, but she's playing this 15-year-old yeah, kid. And he decides, oh, we're going to give this 15-year-old kid a makeover, make her maker beautiful, and give her to Donald Trump, because Donald Trump loves children. Yeah, um, so they're trying to get uh, her to marry mm. Donald Trump. And then it's the same Borat shit again, but I suppose this time because Borat is now, in real life, famous and a pop culture icon, it's a lot of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen dressed up as different, like, different characters. So yeah. he's like generic. He's trying to be Borat in disguise yeah. as an American or whatever. Generic yeah. American hillbilly and g- generic foreigner and all this other shit. Um, and I don't think it works nearly as well because it calls a lot more attention to the fact that the Borat stuff is fictional. Like, there are whole scenes where it's just Borat interacting with the daughter. Mm. And I just don't care. Yeah, there's much more of a narrative focus. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more of a narrative focus. Yeah. And I sort of felt like Borat was a documentary, almost. Yeah. And you just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that you've got this fictional structure around it, but it's a documentary. It's yeah. a screwball, dumb documentary. But I didn't care about any of the narrative stuff in this. No. And the narrative, I think, detracted from the real stuff because it reminded me that it was all scripted. Yeah. And so instead of having two characters improving, instead of having Borat interacting with the interv- the members of the public, it's Borat and Tuta, his daughter, yep. improving with each other. None of it is candid. Yeah. While the member of the public is there. And none of it feels candid because it's all kind of, ob- it feels very scripted. And there's very few instances where the members of the public can are interacting with them and giving weird inter- weird reactions i think that mainly happens between because um it's sort of that only really can happen now between um the daughter and real americans because as you say everyone pretty much mostly knows who borat is there's a few times where like sasha baron Cohen managed to find some QAnon nutsacks and he ends up staying with them and they, he's so far in the deep south i guess they don't really know who he is or yeah he found people who don't know who he is and, and so he's not with his daughter at that point in time and yeah. then his daughter is off with these other people as well. But you're right, the times where they are reunited, um, there's then a lot of focus on making sure that the narrative of the thing makes sense. And it's just boring. Like, And I, yeah. and I, and I don't think it was very funny. I think a lot of the jokes... Like one of the main through lines for their relationship is either or both of them being happy that the Holocaust is real and that it really happened. And I didn't think that was, that was like my least favorite part of Borat 1. And they're like, 2020, baby, more Jew jokes. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, And then there's like this whole recurring joke about the daughter wanting to be kept in a cage, just like all the women are back home. Got very tired. I thought, who the fuck is this joke for? Yeah. There are no members of the public. For most of the time, they're discussing the cage the woman wants to be kept in. There are no members of the public around. It's yeah. just this through line, this scripted conversation between Sasha Baron Cohen and Maria Bakalova. There's um, like one time, so there's where he and, goes and to not, buy not to a fact cage. Check you, but right, the, it, it's used in the same way. So he goes to buy a car in the first one, and he asks the guy, "How fast would I need to be going or kill someone with this?" And the guy says, like, about 35 miles an hour. Yeah, that's so good. And it's like, that's so, that's so fucking funny <laughs> that he answered it. Like, yeah, yeah. they might even have cut it together. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's so that funny. Was, that was an awesome part. 
And then this sort of similar thing happens when he buys the cage ostensibly from this man. And he's like, how many people could I keep in this cage? And the guy's like, three or four maybe. Yeah. And you're like, dude, don't you have to alert an authority if someone <laughs> yeah. asks a question like that or some shit? Yeah. But yeah, I think, I feel like the cage thing, a lot of the jokes in this, I don't want to, I, I feel maybe a little bit conflicted about the Jewish stuff, not because, well, I didn't find any of it like particularly funny, but I didn't want to, I didn't feel like I had a right to sort of say, I don't know if you should be doing that. Not that that's necessarily what you're he, saying. He but can say it without... You can but say he like, is Jewish. And so it's yeah, not it for me to say... Funny. No, I'm not saying I found yeah. it... I'm not saying it's funny, but to me. But I don't want to tell him that he shouldn't be doing that because it's not my thing to say you shouldn't be doing that. But I don't know who the subject of the joke is because no. the subject of the joke isn't really Jewish people. Yeah, It's also not really like Nazis... And if it is, you've ba- you've made your Nazi insert character almost nothing it, like a it Nazi. It feels like he's and saying so like it's not a Nazi, it, really. It feels like you're saying, "How funny is it that I'm that I'm saying this Jew thing?" Right, exactly. And you lose the subject of the joke, in my opinion. And so I just and, and or, that goes not just for the Jewish stuff, but for a lot of the like the women in cages jokes. And then they make so I didn't know I didn't find it very funny because I didn't know what I was supposed to be laughing at for most of those types of jokes and they made so fucking many of them yeah that it just got and not only was i never really on board i was very tired of yeah. them by the end of the film and there was, there was a lot of scenes in this movie that were very constructed like i'm thinking for example of a bit where they're in a bakery um and he's getting a cake for the president all yeah. decorated up yeah and then there's this there's all these like pastries and the daughter asks if she can have a treat and they have this five minute conversation in the bakery in front of the lady about how women don't get treats in Kazakhstan. Yeah. And then she picks this but cupcake. Then, so we should be clear. He's speaking uh, Yiddish. I think. Oh yeah. He, they're speaking in a foreign language. This yeah. happens heaps. So she's so they, speaking Bulgarian and he or whatever. I don't know. Oh, it, what, yeah, this is hilarious. Speak. So she's they're, speaking Bulgarian and he's speaking Yiddish. So they're not like speaking Hebrew, the same. Yeah. Hebrew, sorry. Not Yiddish. Fuck. Hebrew. So they're not speaking the same language to each other. Nor can anyone understand a single fucking thing that they're yeah, saying. Yeah, this happens heaps. They'll be they'll be with a member of the public and they won't speak English. They'll speak foreign languages yeah. to look like they're speaking Russian with each other. But Sasha Baron Cohen can't speak Russian. The chick can't speak Russian. Yeah. So she speaks uh, Bulgarian. He speaks Hebrew. And they go, oh, it's Russian. Um, right. <laughs> which is so insane. And like, that's funny on paper, but it's not funny while it's happening because of that. And then, but also, you don't get the you don't get the reaction the of the member of the there, public. They're just standing there, being like, "What the fuck is going on?" And they have subtitles. The subtitles are like, "Oh, women are kept in cages." Like, it'd be it'd be a bit funnier if this was happening in English, for the benefit of the right. member of the public that you're spo- supposedly pranking. Yeah, and so. Th- I'm cut sure. a long story short. The chick, uh, the, the the girl eats like a little cute cupcake that has a little plastic baby, oh God. baby yeah, on the top of it. This is not funny at all, man. And then she eats the cupcake and swallows the plastic baby. And then you realize the cupcakes with the baby in it were a plant because then they go to like a an abortion, a, an abortion crisis center, yeah. which is like the one that religious people set up to talk people out of abortions. Right. Um, and but they make you get a fucking ultrasound before you do it so you can see your kid and stuff. And then the joke for five minutes is them talking with this, uh, whatever the fuck you call them, the therapist that's trying to talk you out of an abortion. This religious fucking cunt. And Borat is like, there's a baby in her that we have to get out. I put the baby in I her. P- I put the baby in and her. And it's a joke, really. The joke is like, he's talking about raping his daughter. 
That's the joke. Hilarious. Right. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, is this like what's I guess what's funny is that the dude so okay. What's well, not funny The payoff for that scene is that the man says doesn't do shit. That's not really important right now. What's important is that we get this child out safely. Yeah. Right. And it's like, dude, I, okay. I feel like we didn't need that really fucking hammed up setup to get to the point where this person very clearly has a lot of misogynistic uh, yeah, and you could ju- do the same thing horrible without horrible beliefs and thoughts. You could do the same thing without wasting our fucking time. And yeah. then the fact that it's this, this fucking cupcake and the eating the cupcake and the fucking like. Well, if you recall, the main payoff for that scene was that she wrote some shit about Jews on the cake. That she said she the woman yeah. that they buy the cake from. He asked her to write something insanely like racist on the cake, death and to all she just does it. or something yeah. like that, and she just does it. But like again. Okay, and this is one thing that I wanted to talk about that troubled me during my viewing of these two films was just I I got too caught up in thinking about the meta aspect of the films of like how they made these and it stemmed from heaps of urban stage man. So well, you told me in the middle of watching Borat two that the Pamela Anderson scene from the first one. So for those of you who haven't seen it, which actually there might be a few of you, (laughs) um, he. Uh, he sees this. Uh, he sees an episode of Baywatch and becomes obsessed with Pamela Anderson and tries to spend like the second half of the whole movie trying to meet her. And then when he finally gets to her, he goes to a fan meet and greet and signing, and he abducts her. He like um, tries to shove her in this bag and run away with her. And you were telling me that the scene that you see in the film is the second time they film that scene. And the first time he actually successfully, and assumedly the first time was candid. Maybe they gave her a heads up or something. But I, I assume she would have been in. I assume they would have asked, "Do you want to do this?" And she would have been like, "Yes." Right. Yeah. And you're never really sure as an audience. I don't think it's. I don't want. I'm not asking to be privy to the whole production process beforehand, but it just does put this veneer of like, I don't know how much of this is actually well, genuine or not. Yeah, well, when it, the whole it was point- the second time they filmed it and the first time you were saying they had to do it again because no one in the line reacted. Yeah. And then so the second time you watch it... Everyone runs up and tries to help. Everyone runs up shit. and tries to help and he ends up getting booted out by security but then it's like, well, this is fictional. So yeah. again... What's the joke? That's the problem. Is the main- joke that people didn't... It would have been funnier... If people didn't do anything, and you're mm. like, how fucked up is it that you just watched a bystander effect when someone abducted fucking Pamela Anderson, <laughs> yeah. right? That's yeah. funnier yeah. than him getting booted out of the venue because yeah. I don't give a fuck about the narrative of he this. He wants thing. the fucking MTV Get this prank fucking shit. Fucking narrative out of yeah. here. Or- exactly. They just want to do a prank show, and it's it could easily be an episode of Punked that like Pamela Anderson gets abducted or some shit. Yeah. You know? you're just watching people's reactions to it, but then the reactions are fake. So yeah. there's a lot in the second movie where I just wasn't really convinced that what we were watching was very genuine at all. It felt a lot more like that. And it felt genuine, but I just didn't trust it. No, like it felt so much more staged. Like just the shit with like, how did they get the cupcakes with the babies in them? Was that like an insane right, like coincidence that they then... The baby on it? Yeah. And then, yeah. like, all right, well, if they got the lady to put the cupcakes with the babies in them, is it just some lady who is just going to write whatever the fuck they wanted on the cake? In which case, that whole scene is pointless. Yeah. And if that whole scene is pointless, the bit where she swallows the baby and then they go and have, like, a the stupid They're fucking doing sitcom, so many sitcom conversation with the doctor be like, there's a baby in her that we have to get out. Yeah, exactly. The baby's not alive. Like It's like, it's like, what's the joke here? You could have made this joke so much more elegantly and I know you could because you did it in Borat 1. Yeah. And there's all this lazy, 
lazy shit and stuff is not funny it's like they took everything that was the the, the least funny bits of Borat 1 and did that again for Borat 2 yeah. because they didn't get it or because they had to because everyone knows who Borat is now right yeah I think there were some better maybe some better payoffs and some better jokes I feel like Borat 2 had a f- just two or three slightly bigger peaks than Borat 1 did in terms of like I laughed out loud more genuinely at Borat 2 a couple of times. But on the whole, it just wasn't a particularly, like, entertaining experience. And the other thing that that goes hand in hand with the idea of, like, well, how real are these films? Not that I really need to know, but just that it does colour my interpretation of them. Because also purports itself to be real. The whole point of the movie is that it's watching people's sincere reactions... Right. I thought the whole point of the movie is watching people's sincere reactions to this crazy character that's being thrown at them. You know that um you know that Trump interview where the Australian journalist, I can't remember his name, but he was Shows reacting in like this insane yeah. way to him. And really it's like, yeah, Trump's saying this insane stuff and the journalist is just kind of going, What the fuck are you talking about? Mm. And you can kind of see it on his face. I feel like that is achieving what this is trying to achieve. Yeah. It's like you just need to get you just need to ask the right people questions and they'll fucking tell you. And that's funnier and also scarier and gives you a much more kind of yeah, I guess realistic or um genuine insight into the culture that you're trying to uh, reflect on screen and this just yeah. felt so much more there was like scaffolding around all of these situations yeah well, so yeah and it goes hand in hand with this other problem that I generally have with these films which is that I feel like they are taking advantage of a lot of people and that's especially yeah. become apparent um, to me for two particular reasons which is one the I cannot remember her name unfortunately but the black like babysitter the, the grandma kind of the, character yeah in, yeah. The, in the second one um, where apparently she was paid like $3,500 or something. Um, to she be... plays like a pivotal role in the movie. Right. And she's like, yeah, exactly. Like a supporting character. And like in a pretty sort of rough neighborhood, looks like she's doing okay, but um, pay this woman more than... You're going to make so much money on this fucking movie. Um, yeah. Pay this woman more, you shitheads. Yeah. And I get that you can't do that for every single person that you show on screen, but like she's very important. But as also, you like, said. so much of that felt staged, and the fact that apparently yeah. her bits weren't, like, right. just. It, I but like she's it, doing the heavy lifting in this film. And mate. I feel like it cheapened it. Like, I, the yeah. first one, I think, did a really good job of showcasing American xenophobia in ignorance in mm. a way that I thought was really clever. Yeah. And in this one, I just think there was so many smoke and mirrors and so much stage stuff and so many like dramatized scenes that were all in like Russian that I wasn't quite sure what point they were trying to make and like yeah. what the point of any of the interactions with the public were. And I didn't care about the dram- dramatized bits of it. Yeah. Because that was like the least interesting part of Borat 1. Yeah. And it feels like. I mean, it's it's a strange thing that it feels like they backed off the gas on that because, like, if anything, like, you've just had uh, four years of Donald Trump. Like, people who are going to say shit like that old guy at the rodeo in the first one, you'd be able to find him on the street now. Way more. They would just tell you shit. Way more. They'd just say it yeah. now because well, they- they've been emboldened by, you know, yeah. 10 to 14 years of this well, uh, he- fucking... Government. He so, had that documentary, that This Is America documentary that he did for like 10 episodes. I of. feel like I should Is have that, watched that instead. There's a bit of that in that. Um, yeah. I feel like he he has that big Rudy Giuliani scene at the end, which we could talk about. Um, yeah. 
I thought the QAnon bit was the most interesting bit of the whole movie because I mean, he said in interviews the most genuine bit those dudes seemed like I mean the guy said in the interview they were really nice guys yeah they they, they had yes. just fallen into this insane internet yep. wormhole with all these insane conspiracy theories that they had just been convinced to believe yep and they were nice I, I, they seemed like lovely guys well, that's like apparently why they let him like between, live with him yeah exactly <laughs> there's a difference between like civility and politeness and. Um, even like humanity, yeah, and yeah, your you know, your political beliefs. And you can have a disconnect between those in a way where if someone sat down with you for fucking hours, you'd be like, oh yeah, I guess so, bro. But like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and you can also have a disconnect in the way that like they've never probably had someone um, take them seriously, and yeah, uh, they've never had a single political establishment in the country give a fuck about them. Yeah, and so. It's like they've you're not never surprised had any that they've fallen into that, yeah. right? And it's like, and that that you know, these people that they're probably fine people that are less educated, less uh, scrutinizing of media sources and that type of shit. And so it's just not. I don't think it's a particularly. I don't know. It's just like. Well, it's not like a hot take to show yeah, these dudes. Exactly. And yeah. I, I did. I felt like it was closest to the gone, original film yeah, and I, it was the most entertaining bit. I, I think. think they could have gone harder on that throughout the rest of the movie and yeah. I would have been more interested. Like, look I think at they all just these- should have chucked the daughter in front of people more because they could have gotten the Borat effect. The way this was sold to me was that she was this amazing performance and that she was this really good because apparently like her audition was just doing improv cold with people while Sasha was in the Borat character. Right. And her audition was like going into public and trying to convince people that she was real. That is a brutal audition. Yeah, like after several stages of whatever. But yeah, Yeah, she said that like, yeah, her final audition was doing that. God. Like doing scenes from the movie basically, but like cold in front of people. Um, God, fuck. And I thought they would get a lot more... And I wasn't that impressed by her. Her narrative... uh, She did well under pressure. Yeah. But her narrative performances... Yeah, it's just like, well, she's probably not really a narrative actor. I, I don't know. I didn't care about the story. No. Cool. Well, I think it's probably enough about Borat too, then, right? Sure, yeah. I really, yeah. I, I enjoyed Borat and I think it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. It's probably not up there with like, I mean, in terms of like insane documentaries, if you want to see this, you can probably watch like a Louis Theroux documentary and get the same amount out of it with a whole I lot less Jew jokes yes, and gay jokes. I think, I feel like Louis Thoreau does the same shit where he just yeah. asks people questions being like, well, but what do you think about that? Yeah. And then they just talk and you're like, oh, stop talking. Oh, yeah. stop talking. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Yeah. Oh God, this, you could be arrested for saying the shit that it's you're like saying. It's like the Fire Festival documentary where you're like, why the fuck are they filming this? Yeah. How yeah. did you get a release format? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think if you want to watch some insane documentaries that showcase stupidity, there's heaps of Louis Thoreau stuff. There's the yeah. Fire Festival documentary. Um, there's all sorts of insane there's also, shit. And I think if you want to watch Sasha Baron Cohen, if you absolutely have to watch Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, find a way to watch This Is America because I think he probably got a lot more of the effect that he got out of the first film out of his This Is America interview. I'd like to think so, otherwise he's missed a major opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the... Uh, for me, the boat had sailed on Borat 1. Yeah. Just didn't really love it. Um, yeah, I laughed out loud a few times, but, you know... I'm glad in I watched general, it. Yeah, I, I guess I can Borat say I've one. seen I, it I thought I was too good for Borat, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I watched it. I, 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 there was, like, you know, 10% of the movie that I sort of wish didn't exist, and I didn't find very funny at all, but yeah. I found a lot of it very funny, and I thought he was a very good physical comedian, and I wish he'd done a lot of that more. Mm. Is that all we got then? We've had enough of candidly explaining why Borat's funny. Well, yeah, I would say I've, I'm candidly explaining why I did not find it funny. Oh, um, well. And the second one, sort of, 
updated, better graphics. Uh, yeah. Felt uh, like a cash grab a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like the fact that he couldn't do it Honestly, because also, people like would COVID recognize hit him. midway through their production or something. There's a lot of weird aspects to this second film. Maybe why I'm sure that it looked very different in the pre-production. I'm yeah. reasonably confident that they wanted to do something different with Borat yeah. too, but that no, just sort of it stuck. just they just couldn't. So yeah. you know, you never really know about that type of stuff. Anyway, have we got a better than worse then for this. It's sort of not sort really of hack wide. anything else. Not really. No, I, 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 think, I think I think your Louis Thoreau stuff is yeah. It's worse. What I was it's going it's for, worse yeah. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think Borat one is better than Borat two. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. Great. That's all. That's all for the week. Thanks for joining us. I think we're going to try and hit you with a holiday. Sorry for talking about Borat. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the second one came yeah, out and I was is, like, oh, God. This is going to be... I, th- I thought this would be way more relevant. We're a month late. So, you know, what? that's what we get oh, for slacking off. I don't think um, people in this country have been particularly rushing to watch no. Borat 2. Yeah. Um, that's all we got. Thank you for joining us. I think mm. next week we might do our first ever Christmas special. Yeah, that's Who knows? Right. So, we're going to so like hit us up with your favorite Christmas movies. I think we might have already decided what we're doing, but we'll see how we go. Um, yeah. Uh, if there's any, like, you absolutely must watch this Christmas movie, then... What about Gremlins? Can we do Gremlins 1 and 2? Because there's apparently... A Grem- I, I, I closed a news story about Gremlins 3 apparently being in the works. Damn. So they'll have to wait till 2023 when that comes Ooh. out. <laughs> um, in any case, that's us for the week. Join us next week for our Christmas special. Yep. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, nice. <laughs> oh. Chai, shuje, 